Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss hello and welcome to the nxt review i'm adam wilborn from what culture joined by the deadly boys of what culture michael michael sidrick interview everything happened on last night's episode of nxt but before we get into it this sort of thing make sure you subscribe to what culture wrestling on apple podcast spotify amazon music wherever you get your podcast from for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review the show formerly known as nxt but Pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete. We'll be doing a quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Hamlet and Cedric to review NXT. A lot of good wrestling on this show. This show was evidently more credible than this podcast will be based yeah. on that introduction. Too good. If anything, uh, like I was left in a bit of a, my head was in a bit of a spin off the back of this. Keep your head in a swivel in WWE because uh, it wasn't just one great match followed by the nonsense that we typically like. It was a great owner, great main event, a solid to good to very good mid card, and like still a bit of nonsense as well. Yeah, I don't know what to make of this. Like nobody will watch this ever. So thank you for listening to this podcast. Like I'm not even suggesting that you go and catch up because there's so much wrestling you're dying. It's Wednesday. You got dynamite tonight. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? But what's pretty great in places this? Put it this way, right? Go on. Got two takes. Actually, I'll save one of the takes for the actual match review. AW Dynamite, I think consensus, and I'm going to have a little rant. Remind me to have a friggin' rant on the AEW Dynamite preview, Ooh, okay? Okay. The general consensus, right? For AEW Dynamite this year is it's an absolutely incredible, albeit one-dimensional TV program. Mm-hmm. Okay. In that, some of the best moments from AEW Dynamite this year, I'm going to feel nothing at the pay-per-view upcoming this Sunday because the people, the performers who have given me the most buzz from Dynamite over the past however many months, Hikaru Shida in that match with Hater, mm-hmm. Rush, Bandido, and Kanosuke Takeshita are going to be nowhere near that Revolution card because it's this weird... Logical, but not particularly inspiring, Fukin with flair, kind of juxtaposed, not complimented with, but juxtaposed with awesome in-ring action. Mm. That's the selling point of Dynamite these days. And this episode of (laughs) NXT was better on that level than the last two Dynamites. I'm not even joking. No, There's one match that I think I was lower than on than... You two, there's one match where, oh, oh my God, <laughs> I'm going to put over to the hilt. Yeah, there was a, I was going to, you know, do a bit of a 
thing to, to mainly wind up Andy Murray, to be honest, and come in and be like, guys, is that the best go-home show this week? But it quite possibly <laughs> could be. Um, and here's it. I love how home is roadblock. Yeah. Like, that's where we, I, don't, I don't want to go home. It's roadblock. Here's uh, a, uh, what's the opposite of an indictment? A real uh, endorsement of how good this show was. Michael Sidgwick tweeted about it, and no one talks about Red. NXT on Twitter. They had to put over Wesley versus... I haven't seen that, which tells you the algorithm isn't giving me it because oh it always took about Even Hamlet doesn't want to see us tweet about <laughs> NXT. Like, I could not believe the level of thought and mm. the incredible execution of that match. Well, I can because it's Nathan's writer. Yeah, there, was a, there was a bit of me that was like, guys, you know, next week's the, like, TV premium live event. Don't do all your good stuff now. They've got their jailhouse match there. Yeah, it'll be fine. They're in the freaking jailhouse. Um, so let's dive into it, because this show started with chaos! Everyone is scrambling to try and get to the ring uh, for Wesley's North American Championship Open Challenge. There's our boys, Malik Blade and Idris Anofi. There's uh, Drew Gulak in there. Axiom's brawling with him. And then Hank Walker wants to take out Gulak. Baxley takes out Axiom. Of course, Bob Wagner <laughs> is involved in all of this. Uh, no doubt he'll... Maybe make an appearance on the pod later to, to explain it all. Um, but in the end, they brawl out there. Wesley's just waiting. And it's it's our boys, uh, Blade and Anofi, who get out there. And they go to do a rock, paper, scissors to fairly decide who should take on Wesley. And Dabakato says, no way, Jose. Ah, uh, yeah. He was, was the one we got on the random generator of no a legend. For the open okay. challenge yesterday. Yep. Takes yep. them both out. Um, and then in comes Apollo Crews to fight with him. Um, oh, I've not got, done the fight. It's got loads to get into, so you won't worry about it. Um, <laughs> too much technical development. Um, Cruz and Dabakato fight. Uh, Cruz is being grabbed by the throat by Kato, and then suddenly a returning, Nathan Frazier, uh, leaps over them, dives into the ring, and Wesley's like, let's go. I, I just Who did... Um, Dabakato. He was jumped by. He was jumped by. Um, I think it was. Let me just check my notes here. Sorry, Sid. Uh, Apollo <laughs> Crews. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> Apollo couldn't hold it in there. Yeah. Before we get to the match, because obviously that's where we're going to heap a ton of praise. This was nowhere near as preposterously stupid as it looked. Wrestling is a weird thing that you have to allow for a lot of odd stuff. Run-ins with music. The idea that there isn't just a queue of people in Gorilla when you've got these sequential run-ins, which AEW once masterfully got around yep. and then abandoned, right? Sidgwick's takes on the invisible camera. Always relevant, always important, always ignored by WWE. Most open challenges should sort of look like this. Wesley's out in the ring and he's waiting and anyone can get the shot. Like, how often have we picked up on this? There are so many wrestlers that could solve all their problems in life by just getting to Gorilla first and this was that. If there's ever a place for a foot race, it was here. And they, the fact that they tried to, like, weave a couple of feuds into it, and then you saw Nathan Frazier's athleticism be the thing that won the day, I was quite impressed with the thought here. <laughs> Genuinely, this spoke so ardently to my pedantic nature. This should happen all the time. It's weird that it doesn't. Mm. Much like I heaped praise on AEW for having pre pretty Peter Avalon. Just call a shot. Why wouldn't you do that mm. if you're on the lowest rung and there's an open challenge mm. for a pay-per-view? You're the biggest geek in the world. You should be sprinting to get there. And everyone sprinted here. It was a bit silly, but at the same time, it made all of the sense of the world. Plus, um, we talked a little bit about this on the news that me and Sid did this morning about how people are heaping praise on WWE and particularly Triple H's WWE because, wow, 
Raw was planned 24 hours in advance, guys. And and Sidge made the very valid point of like, such a low bar to clear after 20-odd years of Vince just being like, nah, bollocks. I think NXT took a lot of that on this show. The amount of times they were like, here's something, and you go, oh. And then they go, actually, let's take that away and give you this. And you're like, oh. <laughs> like, I'm not saying Nathan Fraser wouldn't have been impressive as is, but when it was like, it's going to be Wesley versus Dabakato, and they're like, no, 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 Nathan Fraser's here. Yeah. That's one flaw, however, because you realistically are being told to invest in Dabakato as this big monstrous threat. He's not meant to be the less exciting wrestler relative to another one. Hmm. So that was a little bit silly. You could, It's sort of like Marco Stunt leapfrogging Luchasaurus here, though, wasn't it? Dabakato gets it, unless, but Nathan Fraser's a freak athlete. Maybe the implication kind of like, was Dabakato wins. Yeah. He just wins. Uh-huh. Okay. It's great to see Nathan Fraser back, though. First time, He's I the think, best. since mm. October. Welcome back, Chance, to start off this match. That was just just excellent. They uh, they fought through a commercial break. When they come back, Fraser goes for a Phoenix Splash. Lee avoids it. Fraser rolls through, hits the ropes, and there's a, there's a double crossbody, and they're both down. Um, Fraser gets a nice near fall off for a Cabrada into a Dragon Sleeper. Um, Suplex, Lee gets his shoulder up. Um, they tease a superplex, then they finally pull it off. Uh, Fraser hangs on, rolls through, twisting neck breaker to Wesley. But Lee kicks out at the very last second. He fights back. Uh, he runs to the corner. Fraser's gone to the outside. He does an amazing flip dive over the ropes to the floor that we've seen from a variety of different people in WWE recently. Um, and then in the end, they get back in. Wesley hits that cardiac kick finisher of his. One, two, three. He retains the North American Championship with a nice show of respect, much to the chagrin of Booker T after the match. What an excellent opener. There is a upcoming on AEW Dynamite tonight, an eight-man ladder match featuring Twitter viral gift sensation commander who can walk the top rope to a degree that, in terms of distance travelled anyway, is kind of unparalleled. We're talking Undertaker to you, yeah? It's kind of unparalleled. <laughs> and Takeshita's in it, and Guevara and Andretti are going to do ridiculous things. That match will do well to be as exhilarating as this, <laughs> and it will do very well to be as like believable in its own context as this. I watched this so closely. I was so immersed in the action, and it was warp speed, total pulsating exhilaration, and yet there was intent behind mm. everything. It was a story themed on the idea that both of these guys are absolute expert aerial practitioners. They mirrored one another. It wasn't too dissimilar to Ricochet Osprey, that kind of style of match where they were peacocking. They were trying to, I hate to say this, but they were trying to live in one another's minds rent-free mm-hmm. of who's got the advantage, who can scout who can strategize, who can play this most exhilarating brand of chess. And yet, it didn't feel overtly choreographed. It never looked like they were chasing a meme or a gif. It felt ultra-competitive. I, my kink, Mm. is watching someone throw a lariat as if they intend to smash the other person's face in, knowing that it's going to get um, countered. The intent is my favorite thing in professional wrestling in a spot like that. Not only did they do that, 
Did they trust one another to duck at the right time so that it didn't look like they were just going through the motions of something that they expected to be countered? Not only did they actually full force throw these lariats, they were working at like 100 miles per hour. The, the margins for error here were so acute, and yet it was so perfectly timed. It was so exciting. It was so impressive on an intent, believability level that I was just swept up in this. It's one of the most impressive matches I've seen this year on that level. And my God, if you isolate certain spots, which isn't what this match tried to do, by the way, but even if you did, how do you do the roll through? I've seen it on a shooting star press, and even that just gets me so impressed. How do you do it from like a black arrow attempt? It's ridiculous. This was mind-blowing professional wrestling that will not get talked about as such because there was a limited amount of fans in attendance. It's NXT. If Nathan Frazier can continue to be this type of pro wrestler, he is going to be at the absolute state of the art for what in-ring te technical high-flying wrestling is. Mm. That should not be in NXT 2.0. It just should not <laughs> exist. He is at the cutting edge of how to do all of this athletically supernatural stuff and make it feel competitive and in no way choreographed. Nathan Fraser, people talk about Andretti being Osprey's successor. People talk about Vikingo being the next best spectacular work rate wrestler. Nathan Fraser, for me is the next Will Ospreay. Oh, my God. If he can put all of it together, and Will Ospreay has, the emotion in his matches, I feel nothing for Ospreay as a person, but I get sucked in because he's so good at selling, so good at crafting a match. If Nathan Fraser can reach that next gear to feel important, to get the spaces between moves mastered, and just to refine his act, he could be better, he could be better than Will Ospreay is now. He is amazing and i think that wwe could take over if he gets a prominent role on wwe's main roster and it's no guarantee because he's small he's got a bit of a dorky personality he's a bit cringeworthy in his promos i don't know if he'll get there as a character but in terms of his work if it's ever emphasized on the main roster he will be the standard bearer of in-ring pro wrestling that is how good nathan fraser is the kid is absolutely beyond special and you said this about about fraser last year you were talking about him just hoy him on whether it for your dark match or a kickoff match or whatever when they were coming to the uk for yeah. Clash of the castle money in the bank this year money in the bank it's unforgivable if he doesn't debut at money in the bank yeah you said a really interesting point because i know you love this match as well about wesley yeah. in the office so wesley at the moment uh is kind of and not just because the die match was fantastic and this was even better than that Wesley is making a like an early case for certainly WWE Wrestler of the Year. And my tastes, truthfully, don't expand enough beyond WWE, AEW, and to a lesser extent, New Japan. Mm. But, like, and so there would be loads of other contenders in that respect. But if you just, like, so something about Wesley and Nathan Frazier here, because I want to, like, isolate Nathan Frazier for praise, but I don't want to do it in that way that rules Wesley out yeah. of getting plenty. I love Sidgwick's Ricochet Osprey comparison because Wesley was having the matches where everybody was kind of having some of their best matches with Wesley. Meanwhile, last year, and this year, or was it, maybe it was last year, with Axiom and the like, Nathan Frazier was that guy. Yeah. Now, what typically happens is that everybody starts fantasy booking or fan casting. 
Like everybody's having their best matches with him and him. And so rarely do those matches come together and deliver in the way you expect because it turns out you needed somebody as a base for Wesley to shine or somebody as a base for Nathan Frazier to shine here. Not only did they not have to be each other's bases, but they did so without a base. This was baseless aerial stuff. <laughs> like the, the mirror match was such the right play psychologically because it's an open challenge. So you have to go with your best, and then it turns out your opponent has got the identical best. Like, there's no sort of, right, I've had time to strategize. I know he's got that, so I need to take it to the extreme. He doesn't know that he's got that. All he knows is that he's got an open challenge. He's got to use the best things that he's got. So we saw evidence of that over and over and over again. I was reminded in this match, and it's, I don't know if it's to my shame as a viewer or to just the way in which wrestling has expedited like everything in terms of the, the aerial matches that you get now, that aerial moves are still weapons. That moonsault exchange, that race to hit the moonsault on the outside was a reminder that the moonsault's supposed to hurt. The amount of matches where I forget that that even really is like is a big move, where once upon a time hitting that was the end of your opponent. A moonsault to the floor while throwing back in and pin him because mm. they're dead after that. I cannot remember the last time I felt that, but these wrestlers made me feel like I have Page to Page probably. The Orihara is ridiculous. The Orihara, yeah. But like... The idea that like this was like a foot race to hit it because I need I need to hit this. Shawn Michaels' favorite new spot is a good one. That double uh, body press into each other that I've seen in a few of these matches now is a really cool one, and I'm not bored the of it yet. Guts exploded. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna kill it because we've seen three or four of these now, but so far so good. They're all great. The ribs. Um, I was like wincing on behalf of their ribs with that yeah, spot. Yeah, it's such a cool spot, isn't it? Because they have to go like full pelt into each other, and it feels real. Um, there was another point I wanted to make. Nathan Frazier. Um, if you consider the trip he's had to take from obviously doing those dark matches and then signing for WWE, the stigma that was attached to signing for WWE full stop, yeah. stigma that was attached to being a Seth Rollins trainee signing for WWE, the fact that he is a little bit cringeworthy and a little bit cheesy, I guess, as mm. a performer, and the fact he had to go through NXT UK, it is frankly amazing and a credit to his work that remember that, like, remember Ben Carter meme? He's made a mockery of that. Man deserves his victory lap. Like, there's absolutely no way that he should have succeeded in the way he has when you saw this thrilling figure in Daly's place that you, in your own, like, rational mind, knew full well never stood a chance in WWE. Oh, no, we've lost Ben Carter. Never going to yeah. see him again. We have, mm. and we're seeing him, and he's awesome. And, like, I, like, I don't want to take all the credit away from NXT's booking of him, but, like, if you hold this up with the, with the Axiom matches and the other great Ben Carter moments, thus, uh, Nathan Frazier mm. moments thus far... It's on his talent, and it's on his ability. Uh, like, I kind of almost think I want to watch this again. And I want to watch this again. Even of course these, I do. They should put these, it back at uh, the takeover. You're right. Well, even these, I don't just mean a rematch, this match. Like, even the good NXT matches, yeah. I'm not making time to watch it when I get home. But like the good Dynamite matches, like the good pay-per-view matches, I'm going to sit through this again probably tonight. Like, a tremendous, tremendous match. I would I would welcome the TakeOver rematch. We're looking for, what's that one match on uh, on Stand and Deliver that reminds you of the TakeOver feeling like the Vengeance Day opener did? Well, it's seemingly Wesley versus anybody, but they've definitely campaigned for getting one more go at this. They should definitely do one more in that Indeed. arena, absolutely. One more thing on Nathan Fraser, because I'm just full of praise for him, is that he never resorts to cliche, or very rarely resorts to cliche, or shortcuts to get the pops. Everything's wrestled with this intent and this competitive edge and this immersion. He never does stupid, dumb stuff on the apron for the sake of it. Seth Rollins, his trainer, needs to ring him up and ask how he made the superplex 
holding on into the... Love like, that, yeah. Like, how has he made that so convincing? Because I like watching Seth do it, but I know that I'm watching wrestlers get to it now. Yeah. So I think it's because you hear you were like, okay, very nice, superplex into the Falcon. Oh my God, he's broke his neck. Yeah. Amazing. It's re- like, unbelievable stuff. Phenomenal opener. Uh, that was followed by a JD McDonough vignette doing... Hi. ...stuff. Um... <laughs> It did make me feel a little bit uneasy, this, but I think there's mainly just because it was just like, look, at weird. I, I, like, I cannot, can only imagine you know, when people are like, oh, yeah, I, my eyesight's not very good, so I'm going to get the laser eye surgery. And it's yeah. like, yeah, all they do is peel back a bit of your eye and shoot it with a laser. It's like, <laughs> I'll just keep the glasses, to be honest. I need the glasses now. My eyes are sunken in like a mole. <laughs> um, <laughs> Clockwork Orange, like Kubrick was such a, like, full-on director that he made... What was it? Malcolm, Malcolm McDowell. McDowell go through that and he scratched his cut. When you watch that yeah. scene, he actually scratched his cut and he's damaged his eyes forever. Good scene, though. <laughs> um, so he says, uh, Ilya Dragunov, you don't know what, what that feels like, but you will. Uh, next he loves match. it, though. He loves the pain. Yeah. Ne- so match. how do you win this? <laughs> no, no. How do you win this? It's ridiculous, he man. He beats Ilya Dragunov within an inch of his life. Does Ilya Dragunov do what Liv Morgan did and smile through it? Possibly. It's like, you know those stupid logic games that kids and teenagers play where like you can't win? I'm trying to think of an example of some stupid thing that I had at school where it's like, I don't know. But it's like it's like kids talking about things where no one can win this yeah. game. Mm. It's like, well, I like the pain. I like I like to administer the pain. I can, I can withstand the pain as well. <laughs> oh, pain to me is very entertaining. So who wins? Why do I care? Where's the peril? It was a bit sublime to ridiculous stuff, this, because this video package ended with, like, the clips in the shape of an eye. <laughs> it's like, I've seen Kyle O'Reilly do better than that, pal. So you know when you like wish Miss Big Brother, that Yeah. <laughs> so you know when they do, like, your mom jokes? Yeah. And it's like, ah, oh, shagged your mom. It's like, oh, whatever, she's a slag or whatever. <laughs> like, it's never a win because it's like the yes, stupid game yeah. of one-upsmanship. It's what they, it's the kids, their children doing stupid bollocks. Like, they close the doors off. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. They're both going to suffer, basically. It's the opposite of an improvisation rule. so am I. You know the <laughs> improvisation rule, that yes and thing? Yeah. You yeah. always keep the ball in the air and all that sort of Not here. It's like they're just closing off your opportunity yeah. to like make a story make sense. Michael Scott going to improv putting guns to heads. <laughs> um, talk. Just talk. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> um, what did he whisper? He said he had a gun. <laughs> I've rewatched that episode again. It's great, that. Um... Then we got the latest development in one of the most enthralling stories in all of wrestling. Um, so Wanks a lot's feeling down after all the issues with him and Keanu James and Valentine's Day and what have you. Uh, there's uh, Boris Johnson. No, Josh Briggs. I can forget which one's which. Um, yeah, they're still together, um, but he's just, something's just not right, Sid, after Valentine's Day. And Briggs is like, oh, come on. We're men. Men are bloody stupid. Doesn't matter. Cheer up. You know, think about what... So Wanks a lot from six months ago would have thought about you right now. And uh, yeah, Boris Johnson's like, oh, yeah, maybe. And he doesn't quite seem convinced. I have a theory about this, so I'm not going to say much else until we get to the other bit later after the industry. I have a theory. And much like at the height of AEW Dynamite Mania, I don't know if I can save it for the preview. I want to talk about it so much. Yeah. I think like, you and I are going to have the same same thought here. Just the merits of saga booking laid bare, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you just you kind of wait to get your takes out. <laughs> just to, hey, Tony, write, write stories like this. <laughs> Is he going to get his nut? Uh, <laughs> Tyler Beard's a big strong boy. He gets a video package. I'm hyping up his main event with Carmelo Hayes later. <laughs> Which after the opener, I was like, yeah, I suppose I'll be right. <laughs> um, then uh, Hank Walker's getting interviewed uh, when. Wait a second. 
when in comes Axiom. Nerd! Pissed off about him laying him out earlier. He was going to kick. Well, either Jal or Dempsey uh, or Drew Gulak, but he accidentally hit Axiom. He's like, I wanted the title shot and I wanted to get to Drew Gulak. I'm sorry. But uh, Axiom's like, why are you trying to do that? You wouldn't have won anyway. And Hank Walker's Hulk side comes, you won't like me when I'm angry, comes out and they have to break it up and it sets up a match later. More quality details from the shoot booker of the year, Shawn Michaels, even if he didn't win the Observer, <laughs> growth product. So, you know, only one that raised business. And WWE did. <laughs> but um, yeah, Paul Heyman did. Of all the, <laughs> of all the uh, places for there to be an impromptu match, it was here because they've actually had a fight to set up another impromptu match. It was impromptu in the sense that we didn't know what the opponent was, so it stands to reason that there was like space left on the show and you used that segment to build it. I quite like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then I mean, one was a security guard and the other was a masked comic book geek <laughs> yeah, who's yeah. got like f- a funny face that everyone else can see. That you can see on his face how angry he was. Yeah. Um, then it was time for uh, Boris Johnson and Zil Wanks a lot to get into it with the locker room leaders, Indus Share, uh, Viren Sanger, and Jinder Mahal still there. Um, you left. <laughs> I beat now. Go, 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 go back. But so thanks a lot. He's not. He's not all there. His head's somewhere else. He's a bit, a bit mopey all the time. So they work him over. Briggs is getting frustrated. Uh, he gets the hot tag. Comes in, cleans house. Um, but yeah, he, he tries to tag. So thanks a lot back in, and he's not paying attention. And then so thanks a lot decides. Oh, actually, you know, I will come in. Does a blind tag. And Briggs is like, we're not on the same page here. Um, and he missed some tandem offense, I think. Yeah, they were uh, trying to do that. Both go out the ring and kick ass, but he was delayed. <sighs> and, uh, yeah, gets yelled at. He's like, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> rolls back into the ring. You can't take your eye off the ball when you're facing into share because they'll wow, wreck you. on the balls. That's a problem. <laughs> Sanger choke slams him. Blue. Why's it blue? <laughs> and then whips him towards V, who took his fucking head off. Talk about intent behind a lariat. Jesus, Jesus Christ. Shadow <laughs> realm. One, two, <laughs> one, two, three. Uh, post-match, Jinder Mahal cuts a promo. They want to finish this with the Creed brothers. Uh, Roblox going to be ten times worse. The three of us versus you two and a pop, if you can find one, in a six-man. Great. Like, really great bit of bollocks, this. Because, obviously, we're all totally invested in the misadventures of Swanks a lot and his desperate cock. Uh, <laughs> and the locker room leaders needed this. I needed to be reminded of the feeling I had the first time I saw these Get dangerous out there. And if you're setting up the kick-ass six-man that we've got at the end of all of this, this was the way to do it. This was good use of the characters in the place. And we didn't get the fantasy book spot yesterday, so you missed out on. So Axelot gets knocked to the floor, and uh, Keanu James and Fallon Henley are out there, because obviously at the moment it's, who loves who? Is this a love triangle or a love square or what? And they both go to nurse him, and it's a groin injury, obviously. Yeah, because he got kicking his cat. They nurse it back to health, and like Brogs Jensen's like, "Come on, man, give me the tag!" And he's like, uh, "Give me a minute." And he can't stand up to get on the apron because he's got a stonk. <laughs> I think this is like the fourth variation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> can't tag in because of the erection. But I'm, I'm in all of them. I'm in yeah, all of them. Uh, this was this played out pretty much exactly as I wanted to, with minus the erection details. Yeah, and I know what people are thinking. Right? Okay. Yeah. Great prospective six-man tag, but gender's ah, in it. <laughs> so that's probably going to ruin things. Don't worry about that. The lessons of 2014 told us that even Bray Wyatt can't ruin a six-man tag. <laughs> so it's going to be great. Yeah. So I'm optimistic. <laughs> um, we are meant to, Got be, him. Meant to be getting an interview. <laughs> but then it's, uh, it's revealed that Wendy Chu has been attacked by an unknown assailant in the parking lot. Who could it be, Michael Hamflet? Indy Hartwell. Indy Hartwell. Oh, cool, yeah. You know uh, what? 
drove me nuts about this. What? They, they had so much care for where the camera should be. Yeah. And why there was a camera crew there. And they actually made it feel like this spontaneous thing that was realistically captured. Do you know what I think is the you real... You need to do this more. Yeah. The real general manager of NXT might be Mackenzie Mitchell. She kind of like really puts people in the place in their interviews and the camera and she was like, go, an idiot. Yeah. She's like playing director and she goes, oh, this is somebody's been attacked. I'm going to do this boring interview later. Yeah. <laughs> loser. Um, then it was time for Gigi Dolene to come down to the ring for a monologue. Um, she comes out to the Toxic Attraction music and then she goes full seven. I want to take a good long listen to that song. <laughs> I'm never coming out of that again. <laughs> Buries the theme music of Toxic Attraction. It's one of your favourite bits, that isn't it? It's so good. Oh. It's so. My new name's Seven, by the way. It's just <laughs> dead part of it is fantastic. I'm the natural Dustin Rhodes. I'm not a ghost faced pedophile. <laughs> um, so she talks about the Toxic Attraction stuff and then the attack from JC Jane. Uh, calls it vicious or brutal. And I was like, you, for once, you're not lying. <laughs> uh, she took your head off. Um, but it's not the first time she's been betrayed and attacked and hit in the head by someone she trusted. She can deal with the pain. She can deal with the betrayal. Um, she realized that toxic attraction was all about JC Jane dealing with her insecurities and herself dealing with her inner demons. She shared secrets with JC. The last person to do something this vicious to her was her mother, who abused her for years, so she ran away from home. So she could show her younger brother she'd make it in WWE. She's very emotional here, obviously. She says, Jay, she doesn't know the pain she suffered. She can take it. Next week at Roblox, she's going to take all the pain, rage, and anger and hammer the final nail in toxic attraction. It's a big character moment because they've gone for, obviously, her real-life backstory as a way, not that you needed telling anyway, but the way to make it absolutely crystal clear that she's the long-standing baby face of this group that was just kind of taken in because there was opportunity in front of and all that sort of thing. So they've made the divide as clear as they possibly can. Um, I've got my doubts over the quality of the payoff matches here. But what I will say is that the the fact that they keep obviously saying last woman standing, this ends with a crazy stipulation match. And I don't know about JC Jane, but I remember Gigi Dolin. I remember knowing about her as uh, help us out, Cedric, the name. I've forgotten her name. Priscilla Kelly. Priscilla Kelly, thank you. Because of gifts that you would see of her just being reckless on the indies. Obviously, there was a link to married to Darby Allen, and obviously they had like similar styles, just willing to kill herself for the cause, basically. And that might be enough now that they've done as much as they can to establish her as the baby. The dynamic might get all of this over the line, but we'll see. I was worried for Gigi Dolan. This is a big promo to sell the match mm-hmm. and to get over as a baby face and the lack of composure early was oh god this isn't good and then you realize why she wasn't particularly composed and you just couldn't help but be totally in admiration of her for getting the story out for being brave enough to tell it so ultimately what i really liked about this was if you're going to draw upon something like that it didn't really feel particularly exploitative mm. because what she did was uh, justify why her character was a bit of a dick. The whole heard people, heard people thing. The idea that she needed solace and she ran with the bad crowd because she never felt like a sense of belonging and all the rest of it. So I thought this was really, really well done. Um, obviously, you can't do this all of the time. And, you know, she probably will have to tighten things up. Mm-hmm. But this is real. This is as real as NXT gets and couldn't help but admire the hell out of her. It is surreal on a show like this with... 
well, all the stuff we're just about to get into, to have this real raw emotional promo. I think my main issue I had with it was was nothing to do with, with Gigi Dolene or, or the way that she presented this harrowing story. It's the fact that I still remember you and I sat in this room about six months ago, maybe even that, talking about Lacey Evans. Yeah, well, this is it. Like, at least this is not... Ju- it's not even to facilitate a babyface turn. It's, it's almost explain one. There's a, there's a certain link you can make here to JC, knowing all this about... Gigi in the same way that Samoa Joe knew yeah. about Wardlow's man, yeah. but for example, like personal things that have been shared and now that trust has been betrayed. Aye, the polar opposite of how you deliver this compared to Lacey Evans. Are they going to bring you back as a heel? I think they are. <laughs> like the, yeah, so a totally different way to do that. Mm. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Right now, it's time for Chase You. Um, Duke Hudson walks in. Here we go. NXT's back. And they are uh, talking about what's just happened uh, previously with Gigi and JC. He sits down next to Thea and, and apologizes for his behavior. Says, You're a strong woman. You can stand on your own. She accepts it. And she says, Don't worry. I'm sure Mr. Chase will accept your apology too. And he goes, Oh, no, I, I'm not going to apologize for that. I meant exactly, exactly what I said. And uh, Andre Chase just stat- stood there looking at him. I'm like, here we go. But now he moves on with the class. It's all about famous factions. And he starts to um, start his lesson when suddenly, Hey, Jack the Monitor. It's the Latin. I don't know whether it was just because it was meant to be like, whoa, and everyone's meant to be like, ooh, and Thea Hale's, you know, doing what she does. But the loudness of, Attention, students of Jack University. So loud. Uh, they talk about talk a load of bollocks. Talk about Chase use a failing institution, the spirit of excellence. Uh, I mean, it is a failing institution. It's a university with three students within a wrestling company. Yeah, <laughs> we get, get fired from it. Yeah, 
Um, and Profoundly he, failing. I've, re- I've written down some of the lines because they were kind of funny. Uh, the grass is always greener on the other side and there's plenty of grass on the campus under this desert tree. Sorry, the desert... Yeah. CM Punk cut a better promo about grass being greener on the side when he was burning a company to the ground in a shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, and Ava, the rock's daughter, says... Yeah, you are not in shock from physical pain, but from feeling the chism. Or something along those lines. They all go, Theonos, Theonos, oh, Theonos, Theonos. Theonos. And they turn their attention to Duke and say, Duke, I didn't let it all out. The only flag you should be waving is a white one. Uh, And they're going to dismantle Chase You until it goes up in flames. And the video concludes... Everyone looks a bit shook by it all. Duke raises his hand, but Andre Chess says, uh, no time for questions. I'm not going to let anyone talk about my students that way. First the uh, and now this bullshit. Schism. I can sh- I'm sure you can hear me, you f***ing creeps. <laughs> Next week, I'm going to show my students a roadblock the principles Chase U is built on when I deli- hand-deliver Joe Gacy and Andre Chase University-sized ass-whooping. Right. I'm trying to think of what is the most impressed I've been by pro wrestling this year, right? The most impressed I've been. And I've come to two, nay, nay three examples. Like, the, the you know, the competition's quite stiff. Either the core strength and timing required by Kenny Omega to both lift up Will Ospreay for that avalanche Kreutz Wrath and to land him perfectly where it looked like it killed him and did not, in fact, break his neck in reality. That spot terrified me, and it was so unbelievably well executed, and no one has the right to pull it off except those two guys. There was a bit, if you remember, in Bandido versus Brian Danielson, where Danielson had to, like, do a sit-up and slap his way out of a submission, and it was just, how on earth do you do that? The third thing that I'm most impressed by is the ability of the schism to remember this material. <laughs> as soon as it plops out of their mouths, I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? I, what are you on about? I don't know how they can memorize it. I just don't understand. It's the most nonsense that doesn't tie together. I don't understand. I say, what bit of bollocks comes next? I'm so impressed by their ability <laughs> to do this. I cannot register what they are saying <laughs> at all because it's such nonsensical rambling, thinking it's clever for the sake of its stuff, I've heard, and it's worse than Bray Wyatt. Well, it's funny you mentioned Bray Wyatt, because I got a sense of catharsis from this. I've, have I ever been permitted it with Bray Wyatt? Probably only when Goldberg beat The Fiend. When Andre Chase just pied it in the way that he did, swear words included, oh. like, I've been waiting for somebody to do that after a Bray Wyatt promo for years. Even Bobby Lashley, while he's in a feud with him, who looks disgusted with that, I wish I'd kicked Brock in the balls and got disqualified so I didn't (laughs) have to go through this. Even he isn't yet able to really say what he truly feels. He just has to stare and look a bit confused. Andre Chase, simultaneously selling and no-selling the threat, even if he just sat through a curated classroom, (laughs) like, was what I've needed from the spooky bollocks in pro wrestling for years. Like, even the elite had to kind of give it a bit nervy eyes when friggin' Alistair Black's come out dressed like a deer. 
Like, no, nobody's really allowed to be like, that's bollocks, that, mate. Yeah. And I was so glad Andre Chase did. Like, they're going to get beat by them. Yeah. So he's going to suffer the consequences of not taking it seriously. But it was just nice to watch somebody not... It's a, There was a Grayson Waller-esque quality to the yeah. way Andre Chase was like, no, no, not that. No. Not for me. Um, then we get a uh, pre-tape from that punk rat, Dijak, who I really like now after that Wesley <laughs> match. Um and, uh, yeah, he's been challenged to that jailhouse street fight next week. What's a jailhouse street fight? Well, I'll tell you in a second. Um, he said, look, you could have saved yourself a lot of trouble, Tony, uh, but you've cost me the North American Championship twice. You're going to be unrecognizable after next week. I'm going to lock you down for good. You're not going to want putting me in solitary confinement or whatever it was. Um, the rules are no DQ, no count out. You have to incapacitate your opponent and lock him inside a jail cell. Cannot wait. I love it. Can't wait for this. I love the fact that this idiot got an actual cell door to prove his point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it when, like, you know, like, oh, there's going to be a TLC match coming up. Oh, ladders are under the ring and all the rest of it. So they can say to the idiot fans, this is the match you're going to get. Here's a glimpse of it. The idea that this idiot got a jail cell door. It's really adds emphasis to my punk, you punk rat. And he's actually punk rat's catchphrase. It's great, isn't it? It's funny that he thinks, like, I, I'm kind of with you at this point. I've kind of warmed. I've warmed back to Dijak. Never thought I would again. Never thought I'd love again with him, and yet here we are. And yet, you know, deep down, he thinks he's more of like a wrestling artist than Kenny Omega. Yeah. Still, no. But he's like, because, like, Kenny doesn't show you the door when he talks about a door. Where is this forbidden door? I've heard so much about it. Here's my bidden door. It is not forbidden. In fact, everyone passes through it quite frequently. <laughs> I think uh, New Japan, but that company was formed in the 1970s. 1972, <laughs> to be precise. It says so on your website. And indeed, your logo. <laughs> I would love to much, watch more videos of your company. I cannot find them anywhere. I think. I think what culture had good coverage for a while? <laughs> I miss that. I think the thing that annoyed me uh, about this um, was the fact that we've paid an airfare for someone to go back and forth when they were here yesterday. And yeah. if you'd have just said we could just, you could have stayed in my spare room. We could work up in a hotel. Up, did he? You know. Annoying that, but anyway. Yay, guys! Hi, Stax. Hey, Siggy, welcome back. Where were you yesterday? I looked after my kids because, and I have solidarity with each and every single one of them. Absolutely. You haven't mm -hmm. heard what I said yet. Oh. The teachers <laughs> um my child's children's school were on strike, so it was a inconvenience to me good i should be inconvenienced for them to be paid commensurate with the hours that they work indeed hey how's it going daisy oh how do you do that Lee, I, I don't want to watch what we saw yesterday take that order out of your mouth what get out i oh, he tried to suck off judgment daisy yesterday said he wanted a drink but we, we to... why do you like it's disgusting sage oh, he's trying crazy. to make the elephant jealous Shut up, you. i think Maybe it's something to do with, you know, Stax's edge lately. I don't know why I'm whispering. He's sat right next to me. But, Indeed. like, we think it might be because he's trying to, like, show off to Judgment Daisy. Oh. The the, uh, there's a bit of a, there's a kind of a Fallon uh. Henley, uh, <laughs> Keanu James. How now, purple cow? Listen, Stax. Yeah? I have a question. It's not a joke. It's a question for you today. Yeah, I'm not too sure about this. It's uh, just before you get going with the usual repartee. Uh, on behalf of one of our listeners, Scott Dog. At S Knight is Wilson. Hey, Scott. He's asked me to ask you, Stax, because he knows Wilborn. Yeah. Your Stax. I don't know if Stax ever heard this if he listens on the plane. Your Stax impression is kind of terrible, yeah, isn't it? It's not do you want now? Do you want now? Yeah. 
Hi guys, that's fucking awful. <laughs> yeah, sorry. He's asked me to. Scott has asked me to ask you, Stax. Stax. Yeah. Can you do an impression of Wilborn? Oh. Oh, I can try it. Yeah, well, and welcome to the fucking <laughs> podcast or whatever. How's that? That's you. That's just your voice. That's your voice, Stax. You must try like one, oh, one more time. Just accent, you know. Try and do. Got <laughs> some blood coming out of my nose here. <laughs> Uh, my brain's really struggling with this one. Uh, Stax has gone to a Chesterfield game. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you tried your best. Anyway, what is the deal? No, actually, that's what's the deal, actually. Full support for the goddamn teachers. Uh, yes, so we're yeah. talking teachers. I got two jokes about teachers, but I respect them and I support them. So uh, I remember when I was back in school, I got in a bit of trouble, guys, because uh, the teacher turned to me once and said, Stax, if I, <laughs> if I had six oranges in one hand and seven apples in the other, what would I have? And I said, big f***ing hands. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one, Stax. Hang on, just a bit of Stax law here. Maybe I was stupid, but I always assumed that Stax was a nickname given to him by Tony because it's just easy to remember all of his soldiers by his nicknames. Cronies. Clearly, he, what, like you weren't Channing Lorenzo in class. The teacher. Well, oh was yeah, it, I forgot you, about that bit. <laughs> did you introduce yourself to the teacher as Stax? I went back to my school <laughs> to tell him how well I'd done becoming the underboss, and then was it a Billy Madison situation? Indeed, yes. <laughs> <laughs> three quest, three jokes for you, Sitch. Question joke number one. What is a trigonometry teacher's favorite animal? Like trigger. Like trig. Trig is math. Yeah. Is trig where it's like sine, cosine, or is that Pythagoras? I would never have given it math. So set up one more time. What is a trigonometry teacher's favorite animal? So is there any kind of pun on math? Like, holy mammoth. Ooh, a like woolly mammoth. It's good that it's not right. What's a trigonometry teacher's favorite animal? A hippopotamus. Ah, it's, yeah, yeah, that's, that's good. good. Yes, that's good. Well done, Stax, on your good joke. There's another one of them coming. <laughs> what is a math teacher's favorite dozoid? So this could be broader. Yep. So you um, Cherry Pythagoras. Nah, it's, it's a dessert. It's the, it just wants the fruit itself. Oh. So let's go. Banana, What's apple, strawberry, lemon, kiwi, uh, raspberry. Blueberry. Oh, I thought you had something there. We're not going to get there, are we? Because I'm going back to desserts like raspberry pie. Yeah. Should we just do that? Pie, yeah. Raspberry pie. It's just pie! It's pie! Pie? It's pie! Three point whatever goddamn it is! It's yeah, pie! Is that a fruit? I never said fruit. What did he say? Favorite dessert. Ah, uh, I'm completely screwed. Pie. I'm sorry, I've screwed up the old com comedic timing. It's just pie! Like the rock saying pie. You like pie? He's talking about it. He's talking about hey. Indeed, yeah. Uh, final, <laughs> final question, final joke. What is an English teacher's favorite Radiohead song? So an English teacher's yeah. favorite. Picture that. 
Right, everything in its right place. No. Does no. he like syntax? <laughs> <laughs> uh, he would be. He was an English yeah, teacher. Yeah. Um, uh, your English teacher much of a creep? Right, no, one of them was. One of them was. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what if it was the comfort in a student? They're there. So they've not done well on their exams. Uh, and the witch. What's the most f- the bends? Yeah. Like French teacher would be idiotic. Yeah. Bonjour. Thanks, thanks. We don't know. We don't know. What is an English teacher's favorite Radiohead song? Comma police. Comma police. Comma police. Comma police. <laughs> tell him, God damn it. See you later, guys. See you later, Nelly. We'll see you later, Davies. <laughs> Bye, sucks. Comma, police. Yeah, very good. It works well. He's done an Oasis one before, hasn't he? (laughs) (laughs) Police, jailhouse match as well. It's on his mind, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. People say arrest this man before as well. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, back to, oh yeah, NXT. Um, Miko Samora next. She's quite good. It's a weird podcast, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. very <laughs> stupid. Weird episode. She's obviously facing Roxanne Perez next week, so Roxanne was on commentary being flabbergasted by Booker T. Just a shoot. You'd think she would know, have learned the way his mind works. Yeah. I don't think anyone can get it. I think she's listened to this podcast because when he finally stopped in talking and she went, thanks, thanks Book. <laughs> Sounded awfully familiar. Vic Joseph's uh, coming to the end of his tether with him, isn't he? It's what funny. are you talking about? He said at one point. And like, Booker never listens. So Vic Joseph could do that as much as he wants and it's just for our entertainment, basically. If you, if you, the thing is about Booker is that he's not the, not the brightest bulb in the world, but he can, if you take it too far, you will realise that you're taking the piss. Mm. Corey Graves, yes. he's got the ire of Booker T. So Vic wants to watch himself. Mm. It's really funny to watch Booker T spark out Corey Graves. Yeah, no. <laughs> just like in like a rumble spot or something. Want to do this for years. <laughs> um, so yeah, Perez was was on commentary with them ahead of a match with Satamora. Satamora versus Zoe Stark, who, despite the loss in this match, I thought looked looked decent mm-hmm. and and will have you know invaluable experience being in the ring with someone like Satamora. Um, yeah, Stark got a few close near falls. Um, Satamora. Dominated for the most part. Kicked a springboarding Stark. Sorry, didn't mean to do that. Uh, out of the air. Um, she's injured her knee as well, so Satamora just kicks the crap out of it. Uh, top rope splash gets her a two count, but she misses with a cartwheel kick, does uh, Satamora. And Stark hits a slingshot splash for a two. Um, more kicks, another near fall. Goes to the 450, misses, rolls through, but Satamora cuts her off. Death Valley driver and hits that Scorpio Rises finisher on um, Starks for the 1 2 3. Post match, Roxy gets in. There's a nice face off to sell next week. I love this because Satamora offers you something that is so rare in North American women's wrestling. It is really, it's a misogynistic industry, as we always talk about, unfortunately. It's also really ageist. And in Satamura, you have the opportunity, as you get with um, Japanese men, by the way, all the time, but so rarely with female wrestlers of any nationality or ethnicity, the opportunity to have the veteran that can absolutely kick the living shit out of you. And even if they're a bit more tired than some of their opponents, they've just got the tank, they've just got the engine because they've done this longer and they know how to use their energy and use their experience. Mm. And what a perfect opposite she is 
to Roxanne Perez. We had the kind of comedic version of how they're opposites and how differently their experiences and just business in last week's dojo segments. This week was the kind of in-ring version of that. I would love, because Miko Satamora has been used like this before. We saw this with Mandy Rose. She comes in, she kicks ass, she threatens a newcomer, and then the newcomer ultimately gets the win because that's not really what Miko's there to do. I would love them to find the right up-and-coming babyface tag team partner for her and that be the next story so that there's a reason for her to stick around and wrestle because I think her style is so valuable and unique and different to just about everybody else they've got. And I cannot wait for next week. Um, this is going to be sacrilegious, but across the two in-ring appearances, I've been slightly underwhelmed by Satamura considering what I know mm. she can do. And Jesus Christ, she's been at this forever. So someone, everyone has to slow down eventually, and she's been going harder, better than most. But I feel like she's very near the end, and I haven't really been that impressed. But again, you can't knock her. She's Miko Setamura. Yeah. Um, but I do feel like she's nearer the end than I've ever felt her being. Uh, what came next? I know you liked Hamflirt, which was Shawn Michaels responding to Grayson Waller's challenge from the end of last week's show to appear on next week's show, Roadblock, for the Grayson Waller effect. And Shawn, they just put up a tweet, basically, where he effectively said, I really don't want to do this, but I know if I just refuse or don't respond, then it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. So, fine, you get your way. Shawn Michaels is being what uh, every other wrestling booker who was a wrestler is that like an authority figure, a booker, whatever, Triple H included, Vince McMahon included, and he was a never wrestler in the first place, has never been able to resist the urge to do, which is try not to feature themselves. He understands the trick of any of this working is that the last thing he wants to do is actually get involved, especially because we know it would be the trainer as well as the general manager. His role in NXT is like he gets these kids up to a standard and then he manages the matches too. So I thought this was like a really nice in-character way. Like, right, it's like... Like, Sidgwick will understand this thing sometimes. As much as you don't want to, sometimes out of your kids, the squeaky wheel does get the grease and you kind of just relent because I need five minutes and this is bad parenting because it's going to cost me down the line. Like screen time or something. Yeah, yeah. I, ha I have no choice. Like, later on, I'm going to be a hypocrite when I tell them off or something because I've given in earlier on. Mm. Shawn Michaels has given in <laughs> to Grace <laughs> For the child here. that is Grace And I think that's so much better than, like, if this was Triple H, right, well, I guess I'm going to have to man up. If you want the ass kicker, I can take off my tie and be the ass kicker. Sean doesn't really want to be the yeah. ass kicker. He wants to be the he wants to like be a good influence to his mm. trainees and then a good manager on the job. So I just thought I know it's just a tweet, but I was quite impressed with this. The amount of times I've just said, "Be a little demon. I will give you a sweet <laughs> yeah. if you be quiet for five minutes." <laughs> it doesn't serve you afterwards, does no. it? As it won't serve Sean Michaels, presumably. No. Um, right, Mackenzie's checking on uh, Wendy Chu. We still don't know who attacked her in the parking lot. It, it was Indy Hart. Oh, right, yeah. um, but whilst she's waiting outside, in comes Tiffany Stratton. And she's like, oh, Mackenzie. <laughs> Here's your update. Wendy Chu will be out indefinitely after being attacked in the parking lot. Yes, right, people. Stay out of the NXT parking lot. Oh, it makes sense. Yep. Uh, here comes... Uh, Not those parked cars. One's at the bottom, one's at the bottom, Scarlet. <laughs> Here comes uh, Chance and Carter, and they say, not looking good, Al. Uh, and she's like, ah, told you! But look on the bright side, at least nobody cares about Wendy. <laughs> Wait a second. At least nobody cares about Wendy, too. And I mean, <laughs> folks, where's <laughs> the line? <laughs> so then, uh, well, the CNC Music Factory try and make Tiffany sweat. <laughs> 
by uh, bringing up her history with Wendy Chu. I know what you guys are trying to do. What about your history with Wendy Chu? Putting that blame finger right back at you guys. Where are you two when Nikhil Lance got attacked? Oh, you guys just happen to be around when Wendy Chu gets attacked. Sounds a little bit sketchy to me. <laughs> Jesus. And they say, what are you trying to say? And she's like, oh, I just had a Tiffany Epiphany. What if I became a detective? This is your thing. But of course, sorry. But of course. <laughs> All over the place here. Tiffany Stockson. Of course, I only do cases I actually care about. And I start there thinking, oh, I wish I was a giant mon- novelty magnifying glass. <laughs> she gets challenged to a match and goes, oh. Thoughts? No, very few. Yeah, not many. Very excited about what came later with her. Um, so we're backstage and the Creed brothers are there and they're like, I'm with them, to be honest. They're like, we're going to have to tag with Damon Bloody Kemp. He's an awful person. <laughs> he's calculated, he's got no remorse, but we know he's got it, what it takes to be in this share. Uh, and so it's they... Just target gender. <laughs> e- easy. So they sort of... Where, where's the weak spot in this act of these two <laughs> monsters and this complete loser that can't go ever? I don't know where which, which one to go for. <laughs> so Julius is like, oh, fine. Do you want to be part of our six-man match? Can you be part of our trio, please, Dame? And he's like, well... We did rock some six-mans together. Should we get the boys back together? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> and they go, oh, you bastard. <laughs> and then in comes Bron Breaker. And says, oh, I'll, I'll team with you. And I was like, oh, thank God you're here, Bron. Uh, and uh, Brutus is like, get in. Julius is like, you kidding me? You couldn't have come here a minute earlier. <laughs> and then <laughs> Bron and Brutus are like, check this guy out, loser. <laughs> and they're all like, hey, could you? Can you come over really early? I'm so embarrassed. And then they're like, I was well into this. I love this so much. Like these idiot jocks. This is part of between, like, sorry if you listen to this podcast and you like really class at sport. I'm not. So I get to say this as a jealous, fat geek, right? <laughs> but in my mind, this is all their crack. Like you could win the Super Bowl, but this is your partner. Yeah. Like, oh, 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 stupid idiot. Like giving him a nuggie <laughs> and pushing him down. Like, I love this. I got a real kick out of this. And if they'd have done this as the big advertised Bron Jinder thing, instead of the Bron Jinder singles match, Bron had probably like, not been knee-deep in shit off the NXT fans yeah, right yeah. now, because the energy radiated out of this back. These three. Yeah. yeah, we got him, dickhead. <laughs> it was funny. It was so funny that it excused making the baby face look like an arsehole. Yeah, yeah. And go back and watch Brutus Creed's face in particular doing the dog stuff. It's amazing. <laughs> You could like take so many screenshots of all yeah, yeah. the Oh, oh. <laughs> Brutus Creed's face doing dog stuff is amazing. I love the Creed brothers, man. I was really happy about it. More like clapping seals than dogs. That's all <laughs> yes. It. It's great. Uh, then it Main was. event time. Uh, I'd settle in, brother. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm, I'm hungry. I've already watched Nathan Fraser. I'm hungry now. Uh, well, Electra Lopez and Sol Ruka came next. Um, Electra Lopez with Valentina Ferroz, who she's trained to corrupt, uh, with her at ringside. Uh, Ruka's doing well, but then it was a rough old bump when Lo- uh, <laughs> Lopez shoved her off the top rope. It was a split second where I thought, because the way they shot it, I was like, have they put a crash pad down there? Is that why they've let her take that rough old bump? And I was like, no. They no. just went, uh, go down, hit the apron, and 
Oof. Out of sheer coincidence, he's gone now, obviously, so I can say this. I was watching that one, you remember when Stax went for that guillotine leg drop and Ooh. Finley stacked it, like neck first yeah, on yeah. the floor. I'd watched that yesterday and it felt like I was being briefed for this one. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, Judge <laughs> Daisy. I'll get back to him. Uh, Butterfly suplex drops Lopez. She avoids an elephant in the room, this wooden romance. Isn't it? <laughs> We have to pay them both now. <laughs> they don't say anything. We don't have to pay them. Oh. <sighs> a <butterfly laughs> <butterfly laughs> suplex drops Lopez, but she avoids the flipping clothesline. Flipping clothesline in the floor, in, in the corner by me sounds like bloody flipping clothesline. <laughs> anyway, Lopez goes. She's hidden some oh, brass knucks in the turnbuckle, but Valentina Feroz has taken them away. And so what? She's like, hey, "What are you doing?" Feroz, uh, Feroz is like, "I've got them here." The soul snatcher. It's the best. I love it. Hits that on it Lopez. Terrible. Yeah, it didn't, look great. <laughs> it didn't look great this week. It looked absolutely crap. But that's the point. That's why she, you know, why she did the handstand on the skateboard. She's got to keep nailing it. Doesn't I she? think Electra Lopez has got to keep nailing it. To be honest. <laughs> uh, anyway, she gets the win post match, and we sort of called this on the mm. preview yesterday. Maybe not necessarily in this version of events, but uh, Lopez and Ferroz get into it after the match. Lopez shoves her, and uh, Pie faces her. Ferroz just nails her with the brass knucks and pisses off. It's like a plot hole here that even Nathan Frazier would fall into, which is at no point has either side of this relationship acknowledged that they want to be with the other I one. I know. Come on, man, just cheat. Use the brass knuckles. I don't want to. Well, fine, then I'll use the brass knuckles. You can't have them. Like, I'm going to hit you with them. They've never liked each other. So this idea that they've built up some sort of, if only these two could just get on the same page, then the tag team champions would be in trouble. They've never once, on the, from jump, they've never been nope. on the same page. And they just present this payoff as like, she's finally put her in a place. Like, she was in there from the start. Yeah. Right, Electra Lopez showed something in the valet role that I think is underserved, quite frankly. It comes to something when you botch so badly in a match that of all people, given her inexperience level or experience level, little. Saul Rooker does the old Undertaker Goldberg Saudi face. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ, what are you trying to do? It was here. This is a bit of a gif. All right. It's like she's like saying, come on. Amateur. She just wrestled like 12 matches. <laughs> Jesus Christ, it was an abomination. Like, the most visible. Uh, you've really screwed the pooch on that one. Time to go to the pub. Play some pool with Skip. Gallus. My blood sugar levels, I feel a bit ill. I'm, <laughs> that, I'm that hungry. They talk about, he talks, he's psyching up Mark Coffey, psyching up Wolfgang, talking about Gallus and the years that have been doing this. Everyone feared them. Let's not let Pretty Deadly get away with what they did last time and they stole the NXT UK tag team titles. Uh, last week they embarrassed them and it's interspliced with footage of that and Wolfgang's firing up. Um, and basically he hits an angry pool shot. Uh, and then someone gets, uh, someone bumps into him. So hey, Wolfgang, he look at this. Snaps the pool cue and, and beats him up. This awful. They're the worst Absolute of creeps. Uh, oh, a little bit more to Gallus. understand why they're working there. Like a tiny bit more to Gallus, but more when the entertaining guys do their Yes, because then they cut from that immediately to Mackenzie. I don't know, money tonight. Um, we're, we're there with, with Pretty Deadly, who said they spanked Gallus good and proper. Uh, they said, oh, well, they're so angry, aren't they? <laughs> Imagine what they're going to be like when they when they uh, take the titles. And one of them goes, Wolfgang, get the board tables. And I was like, what accent is that? Oh my God. Is that meant to be Scottish? Um, and then Mackenzie's like, oh, careful, boys. Drew McIntyre's done a tweet. Um, they've got a receipt coming their way. And, I mean, it's Wilborn humour, this. Oh, Scottish friends. Really great. Brilliant. Um, and Kip's like... 
Scotland's a shit hole. <laughs> everyone lives there, arseholes. We, everyone lives there, is grumpy and miserable, and we're cock a hoop. Uh, next week, we'll see you at Roadblock and have a civilized discussion, a refreshing chinwag. And then they go, hey, have a high. And then do it to McKenzie, like, oh, no. Brilliant. I love them so much. So funny. Like, this was an entire promo that was constructed of things that people would put on Twitter just to get a reaction, just to troll. There's been some really good ones about, like, mainly that one, that Kenny Omega one, where the guy used the K and the Omega sign. Oh. What he could get from under the Shawn Michaels learning tree. How people took that seriously, I do not know. But my God, they did. You don't have to respond and create the conversation of the day around if it was earnestly an idiot, just... Yeah. Or if it's someone trolling you, just be better, for God's sake. Like, Pretty Deadly doing an entire promo that was in that tone was just fantastic because Gallus are the perfect actor to do it to. The most serious people. We all have our vices. And mine, apparently, is uh, Drew McIntyre being a surrogate Joe Coffey. I want that six man so much because I want to see Drew next to Gallus and him not be able to elevate Gallus, but suddenly look like, oh, yeah, were they together in the first place? Or, is he, is he, has Joe got in shape? Like, I would love that so much. Drew McIntyre are actually boring. <laughs> three MB, three miserable boys. <laughs> Much like Mr. Serious on the main roster. You're doing across the serious guys. Well, it's done you no good, is it, pal? <laughs> right. Tiffany's got a match with Katana Chance next. Um, uh, Tiffany's in control. Chance rallies, makes a comeback. But then out comes Ailey Dunn and Albert Thayer to corrupt them. Uh, that distracts <laughs> so much corruption in wrestling. Corruption, left, right, centre. Um, that distracts Katana Chant. Stratton capitalises. Best moonsault ever to the legs. Um, gets the one, <laughs> two, three. Um, and then she cuts a post-match match promo. And she says, I'm the very best woman in NXT. And all of you would be satisfied by that. But I'm not never satisfied. Uh, I don't want to be called the best. I want to be called the NXT Women's Channel. I don't care who wins next week. The title belongs to me. I was so happy about this. She's getting a title shot, stand and deliver. You know what they say about the the, the moon salt? Murder on the knees. <laughs> Call an ambulance for knees, but not for mine. <laughs> it, 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 it looked bad. It looked bad. Oh, dear. But, yeah, I'm so jazzed that she's going to get the title shot at the, the big show at WrestleMania weekend. They might have knackered this. Because on the same episode where we've put over how it was a literal, like, fighting race to get to the open challenge, if Tiffany Stratton had just gone, my turn, and she gets it, that's sort of undermined it. Like, even if they do a battle royal now, she's sort of called a shot, hasn't she? This either has to set up the person that eliminates Tony her. in this. Little bit, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, it's either got to set up a feud with who eliminates her or stops her getting the shot, or she gets the shot and she's basically just talked it into existence. I don't know, what, what's her record? That's what we need to yeah, check. Get the she wins a lot. Yeah. I'm not against the match, by the way. I'm quite interested in seeing her get this title shot. All right, we're going to break our own rules here by probably ruining next week's preview. But there's a lot to talk about for Roblox, yeah, 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 so yeah, we'll yeah, talk yeah. a little bit about it here, Sige, because uh, Boris Johnson, so Waxlot's backstage, uh, Briggs comes in, apologetic, uh, and it's just like, it's all, it's all such a mess of us and Fallon and Kiana. Um and uh, Briggs is trying to be like, don't worry about it, mate. Stop, you know, don't sweat the small stuff. Uh, it's a bad time. It's not a bad life. You know, you've got, just got to get your girl back. It's going to take a while, but it will all work out in the end. Um, you know, he wants a do-over. You don't get do-overs in this life. And Briggs is like, I'll tell you what, I'll go and talk to Kiana. I've got a theory, but I've got to a hear theory, yours. I've got a theory, but I need a situation for this to happen, Right. 
because he's probably going to go into her office, okay, to try and smooth things out. But there's going to be a bit of romantic misunderstanding, okay? Yes. Mm-hmm. Basically, he needs to be bumped <coughs> into her so they can go. Uh, 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 yeah, are we attracted? She's got, she's got like a stack of business papers, and he knocks them over, and he help, he's helping her pick up the business papers, and then they're on their knees together. Yeah, and then, and look then at each other. there's this look at each other as if to like with their eyes, like suggest to each other, oh, Jesus Christ, are there actual? Is there sexual tension? Are there feelings yeah. between us? Is this business or is this personal? Yeah, and then they can both look at each other as if to go. Oh, yeah. And then go, oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but that the business papers is the yeah. one to do that. You can have a go after me. Say, I completely agree. But got, my question is, well, whose arms could Sir Wankslot potentially fall into after that? Fallon Henley. Oh, he was there all along. And they could be reigning tag team champions together and bucking each other at the same oh, time. Yeah. So if you've got the stack Sucking of and, p- and winning. <laughs> all four of them. Winning, yeah. So they can do the business papers. Arise, suck, f- leave. Yeah. Arrive, suck, f- win, leave. <laughs> the t-shirt keeps getting big. Yeah, it's yeah. too big. Just like, like an awesome Vegas coat goes all the way down to the ankles. Just like Jensen's balls, <laughs> bigger and bigger and bigger than he needs a nut. Um, so you've got the business papers. That's a good idea. Okay. What if they're talking to each other, and then the assistant opens the door yes. into. Uh, Briggs is back, and he can go, <laughs> and then they can go, and then that's when the stuff sucking in. Yeah. Have you got a third one? No, that's that. I was just going to reiterate exactly what you said. That was what I just have written here. Look, we'll come up. Will with Briggs kiss Kiana? It's a romantic roadblock. It's a romantic roadblock, and what needs to happen is that this needs to happen in a week's time. We will. We're going well. Uh, sit here and th- three more ways that they can get sort of like, you know, body to body. So they want to boost numbers for stand and deliver, mm-hmm. and potentially, you know, they've got the big title matches: Mellow and and Bron Breaker, and possibly Tiffany Sweat, and then Roxanne Perez. And Roxanne Perez, um, potentially HBK versus Grayson Waller. What's the only thing that guarantees ratings more than bringing back a legend? A wedding. Yep. A stand and deliver wedding. Does anyone have any reason why these two should not get married? Well, oh, me, because yeah. I saw the, on the invisible camera that they like, <laughs> dry humped on NXT on like March uh, 7th. So Wankslot never, ever watches NXT because when he's not wrestling, it's just all porn. <laughs> all grumble all day. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, but bongo. Absolutely. He's got that new PlayStation. Steve like, Bongo McMahon. VR. <laughs> he's got those like VR headsets. We're going to be late for a match. He's just got those robot hands on jacking it. I haven't got his dick out. He's just like doing the motion of it. Uh, then it was time for Hank Walker versus Axiom. A flashlight. <laughs> it doesn't look like a torch to me. That is not a rabbit, although it does have ears like a rabbit. (laughs) A butt plug. (laughs) What country does this convert to? (laughs) (laughs) 
a cock ring, you cannot put jewelry on a chicken. <laughs> oh. Thank you to everyone who sent us the Von Wagner explains it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Much appreciated. Okay, Axiom versus Hank Walker. No! Um, I should have, I'm sorry, this is unprofessional. I should have eaten before I came in. <laughs> um, I do like Walker's gimmick of just like, he's just a fire up guy now. He's like, yeah. It's t- five minutes into a match, he's like, well, I'm, ma- I'm mad now. <laughs> Why weren't you mad before? That'd probably win you the match if you could like, you slap yourself across the face. Just, but don't do the full Goldberg, but you know, slap yourself up a bit. Hank Walker joining the Ball family. Mad now. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, he got fired up by crossbodying some strikes from Axiom. Um, and then he just, he nails him with a clothesline. But then Axiom fires back, kicks him. Golden ratio, one, two, three. Uh, I'm sorry for yawning. Can I just say, Hank Walker can actually work matches. He can. He's showing a glimpse of his ability to work grudge matches. Mm. He's meant to be the stupid, you know, doesn't have the right body for it. But he can actually you. He can actually work as if he's kind of consumed by a grudge. The logical way to cover up the body that WWE blatantly don't like is quite smart as well. Like trying to just become a wrestler to impress Drew Gulak yeah. is a nice way to get him into the singlet and deal with that little issue as well. Yeah. I was not asked about the Charlie Dempsey feud. It's oh yeah, it drags everything rubbish. down. Drags everything down. <laughs> but uh, now you can work as if he's pissed him off. Mm. Uh, and nice moment for afterwards from Axiom saying... Hank Walker versus Eddie Kingston. <laughs> not even joking, I think that'd be no. good. Keep fighting because you're special. Um, star of the show next, Grayson Bloody Waller. He's Can in a you pool. imagine Eddie Kingston on this NXT, this specific oh NXT? God. That would be incredible. The things he would not sanction. Every segment he could no! <laughs> Slapping people yeah. about. Are you kidding? Eddie Kingston? I don't see no crown. <laughs> Why are you always so angry, Mad King? <laughs> Take it steady. Eddie. <laughs> Grayson Bloody Waller is in a pool, because of course he is. Thanks, HBK, for the night off. The world is cold, so better bundle up. <laughs> Sound advice, except for in the summer, when wearing a coat would, in fact, be uncomfortable, I think. I, I went to buy a coat, actually, but Ann Summers sold other things. <laughs> and not things you would wear in winter or outside. The world is only cold depending on the proximity to the sun. <laughs> Therefore, your statement is actually inaccurate. <laughs> Homicide, but he is alive. Grace <laughs> Wallace saying, uh, next week we'll sit down and chat Ahead of stand and deliver at Roblox, blah blah blah. Um, and he's like, Who, we, who am I going to get next week though? I'm going to get a corporate stooge or I'm going to get HBK, the heartbreak kid, one more time. You always say, Never say never. You know, I want the proper respect. Don't make me, don't put me in a position. The heartbreak kid, isn't he like 50 odd? <laughs> Sexy boy. Once upon a time, maybe. <laughs> No wonder he is not uh, happy to work Grayson Waller. Did you see his face after that last match he had? I prefer the other guy. What was his name again? Oh, yeah. Brett Hart. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He actually has more organs than that. (laughs) 
hit man, but he hit many men. <laughs> An Iron Man match. I did not realize Marvel was sponsoring this. <laughs> uh, don't put him in a position to make Sean do something he never wanted to again. It's, it could be happening, this. It's so great. I just hope, like, this is that Batiste thing, isn't it? Give me what I want. And then it's like Shawn Michaels presents Dragon Lee. That's not what I want. Like, <laughs> yeah. this, this could go badly wrong, but if it doesn't, it's great. Uh, now it's time for the main event. Carmelo Hayes versus Tyler Biet. Uh, Trick Williams is there with Mello. More like humanly. <laughs> <laughs> Dragons do not exist. <laughs> Lee, is that your real name? <laughs> Are you related to Wes? <laughs> Good point. Still have to change his name, probably. Yeah. Komodo dragons are real. <laughs> <laughs> I found a lot of problems with the movie Jurassic Park. <laughs> that dinosaur supervisor really took his eye off the ball. <laughs> Who was he? Shawn Michaels? <laughs> Trick Williams is still with Mello. We're pleased about that. Thank goodness. Because we were worried about what happened last week. Uh, still time. Um, and yeah, these two, surprise, surprise, had a really enjoyable match. They uh very counter-driven early on this a hell of a load of rolled-ups traded. Um, and Mello goes to that code breaker of his. Bait blocks it. European uppercuts. Uh, There's a spinning head scissors. Bait drop kicks him to the floor. Big dive. That takes us to a break. When we come back... Oh, actually, whilst we're in break, there was a nice springboard suplex from Carmelo Hayes. Um, and Trick Williams tried to interfere at that point, but Bait knocked him off the apron and uh, hit a shooting star for a two count. Gets him in an airplane spin. Hayes kicks out. Slingshot lariat by Bait. I think that was when he did the boom bop thing. That got two and a half. Um, Hayes comes back, double underhook into a falcon arrow. Bait kicks out. Suplex into a cutter by Mello. Bait kicks out again. Bait hits the super northern lights off the top rope. Um, tries to follow up with that twisting swanton finisher thing of his, um, but... Mellow moves, thanks in part to interference by Trick, who's jumped up and distracted Bait whilst he's up top. Hayes hits him with a code breaker. Nothing but net off the top rope over the back of Tyler Bates' neck. One, two, three. Carmelo Hayes wins, as we anticipate he was, obviously, with, with uh, Stand and Deliver coming up in the next month or so. Uh, and stares down the camera and cuts a promo on Brian Breaker to close the show. Just like a high-quality match where Mellow needed it. Yeah. Doesn't always yeah. Doesn't always back up the talk, and you kind of have to if you're going into a title match, and especially where everybody thinks you're going to win and lead the brand. So more of these. That's not to like take away from Carmelo Hayes, but just like find the opponents that bring out the best of him between now and the Bron Breaker match. On Tyler Bate, like I'm starting to think because he did. He's done some of my favorite individual stuff with the likes of Bron Breaker and now Carmelo yeah. Hayes, and even frigging um, JD McDonough. Like he's developing a bit of a Brad Armstrong quality where he might always be the right wrestler at the wrong time. Like, sometimes you watch Tyler Bate and you're like, oh, he's the guy to build your brand around. But how many times have we said that? Black and gold NXT. NXT UK, multiple occasions. Last summer, maybe, with this NXT, when he was finally salvaged from just being in a tag team with Trent Seven forever. But <laughs> I don't know how you ever make him the guy. He wrestles like he should be the guy. Yeah. But it never feels like his time. And I know he's only 25, and that's like, the, especially now in wrestling, he could be, like, if Kenny Omega goes to WWE, he's going to do it with like a 40-year-old, just like AJ Styles did. It's never over. But 
I don't know. When are we going to get there with him? Because he wrestles like he should be the top guy, and he's never picked as that. Uh, he doesn't. Re- he wrestles like he should be the top guy, but doesn't perform on television like he should be the top guy. Yeah. I would like Tyler Bate. I think Tyler Bate's ceiling is good Kane. Where, oh, got a new champion? Well, it's got to be Kane. Does it got to be Kane? <laughs> Couldn't Kane just go away? Would that make Trent Seven his big show? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be Kane. Does it? Like every new champion, Seth Rollins 2015, Daniel Bryan 2014. Oh, God. So, like countless examples through history. Yeah. Oh, John Cena needs an opponent before to get to WrestleMania. Gotta be Kane. It's like the worst one, two, three kid test, isn't it? I know. Like, uh, <laughs> doesn't gotta be Kane. Kane was put in these slots because he never injured anyone, and his sidewalk slam looked like absolute weak piss. Like absolute weak piss that you could always depend on Kane to not injure the guy who he's working with. So Kane would be like, right, okay, well, he's a new champion. Stick him in there with Kane for a three month feud so that you can get the mileage out of him. All right. Terrible. Tyler Bate isn't a great TV all-rounder. He's not a great promo. He doesn't have that mega star intangible quality. I'd take him as good Kane all day long. Good match this. Very good. I think people raved about it, but I was too busy frothing yeah. over the <laughs> first one um, yeah, on the show. Yeah, the, the opener and close of the show was, was, was really, really good. It is my time. What time's that? Von o'clock? Um, right, let's know your thoughts on NXT. On Twitter, at WhatCultureWWE. Watch there, you can follow all three of us. Follow Michael Hamflet at... Michael Hamflet. Follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, as I said. Uh, and make sure you subscribe to WhatCulture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. You can still listen to the NXT preview from yesterday, because it wasn't really a lot about what was going to happen on this show, let's be honest. Yeah, it's simply unrelated at this point. <laughs> we'll be uh, back later on today, though, to preview AEW Dynamite. Um, so make sure you subscribe to What Cool Dressing wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, but for now, this has been the NXT review. My thanks to the Dadly Boys, to Stax, to the Cow and the Elephant. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.